because the majority of people at the city of San Francisco, in especially in the mayor's office of housing, do not believe that you should be allowed to build equity if you get any public money to purchase the site. And that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's no good. You know, and they inherently believe it. And they believe so it. So you're creating, I mean, all of your... So the nonprofits have to take it. people are like... It's not that we're helping people escape poverty. We no. are keeping people as a rentier class. We just, as a society, this year started allowing rent payments to go to help your credit. We just, this year, started, okay? Special episode of Infill, obviously, because this is going to be Sam Moss, Mission Housing. Sam, say hello. Hello, everybody. First time, long time. It's not your first time. Long it's time. It's just lo- in a it's long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I still got it, though. You still got it. Mm-hmm. So Sam and I, uh, since the last time you heard him, uh, got married. Yeah. And we, but this is going to be about housing. Okay. <laughs> so we talk about the small sites program in San Francisco all the time. You know, you would think that maybe Sam and Laura got married and we would talk about something else. No, we talk about housing politics and especially <laughs> in our town, San Francisco. And the thing that we have been talking so much about is this small program in San Francisco, what's called the Small Sites Acquisition Program. And it ends up being this like interesting lens through which we end up talking about a lot of other things and I've decided that it's interesting enough that you all are going to be brought in on this so welcome to a very special episode of Infill, Sam and Laura, Small Sites, Big Arguments. So the Small Sites program uh, was created I think the better part of a decade ago now but it was really uh, grown in the last few years because of what we'll get to uh, is called the COPA notice. We'll get to that in a little bit. Small Sites Program is a program where the city of San Francisco provides money to purchase rent control buildings that are at risk of being sold or Ellis acted from the owners that want to sell or are thinking about Ellis acting. And the main criteria is that the income at the building, the cumulative income, so the... Wait, before we get there. Okay. okay. What we're talking about is... Small buildings. Yeah, like two or three, four unit buildings. Sometimes up to, I have been told that they have done one 20 unit building. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but 20 is actually still small when you can when you think about the fact that in affordable housing, because this is a program run by the San Francisco Mayor's Office of Housing, anything less than 75 is considered not enough to actually cash flow and be a, so, so it's a small building if it's, you know, but they, I think they do no more than 25 units, and most of them are between two and five unit buildings. So these are older buildings that are currently owned by landlords who, yeah. for some, you know, the building is often, but we have low-income people often. Well, because the overwhelming majority of all people live in market-rate housing, and that is the same for low-income people, right? So they're, they're, say there's five different people living in a five-unit building. If all of them and their incomes average to 80% of the median income or lower... Okay. Then the building is eligible for a small site acquisition loan from the mayor's office of housing. And this is a private nonprofit gets a loan from the city to purchase the building. Correct. And then how does the building, so this is where then it also gets complicated. Okay, so the private nonprofit purchases the building. People continue to pay rent 
because this isn't part of a nonprofit affordable housing program where it's necessarily getting state and federal right. funding, there's not enough ha- units. What to happens apply. then? Yeah, so in a typical building, um, you would, you know, if, if say if Mission Housing bought like a 50 or 75 unit building, right? We, we would probably get the loan from the city anyway. But then we would go and get like tax credits and bonds and all these other things to buy the building and then also to fix it up. What the small sites loan program is, is it's just money for acquisition. And then if the building is literally falling down, like if it's on the red list for the structural retrofit, then the mayor's office of housing has been known to increase the loan to take care of the structural retrofit. But it's still a loan. It's not a gift. Correct. It's not a grant. It's a loan. And and all money from the city of San Francisco is technically a loan. Even the $55 million checks that they cut to build brand new buildings. But, but it's those a, are based on the fact that like you're going to be getting money from the federal government. Right. And we'll refinance the building 15 years later and pay right. the city back. So right. with bigger buildings, because we know we can get tax credits and bonds every 15 years to refinance the building, the city knows that the big building loan program is like rolling. It's got It's going to get repaid every year and then new ones will go out. Small sites program in itself is purchasing buildings that don't cash flow. That, you know, the reason that the buildings are so run down most of the time is because the rent is so low that the landlord does not have money to fix it up. Um, and so they want to sell. And instead, sometimes a nonprofit affordable housing company like Mission Housing will get a, you know, a loan from the city and purchase the building. And then essentially those tenants now become affordable housing tenants in Mission Housing's portfolio. But there's no subsidy or anything to help pay their rent. They're just it's just it's just market rate. It's. It's basically a nonprofit developer buying a market rate building and keeping it rent control. That's it. That's what the small sites program is. In and you have to keep it rent controlled. You wouldn't convert it into people paying 30% of their income. It's still... You have to keep the what? rents, right. You inherit the rents. You inherit um, the yeah. rents at the rent control mm-hmm. level. Correct. But like, so and that's a good point. When you buy an older building like that has a bunch of units enough that you can get tax credits and stuff, you actually can increase the rents or change the rents and... And lots of times the rents do go up, but only for tenants who make more. But in these instances, even if someone makes 150 grand a year, if they're on 20 years rent control and they're only paying $1,000 a month for their building, as long as everybody else in the building is low income so that the total building's income averages to 80% of the, of the median area income, that person actually, that 100 grand a year gets to keep paying their really low rent. Because it's rent control, Correct. not based on their income levels. Correct. So... This is just where then the politics comes in because on the one level, I think it's kind of cool and interesting that we might start having a portfolio of housing that is being maintained by nonprofits, but that is higher income that mm-hmm. is getting us closer to ideas of social housing where you would have higher income people and lower income people in mixed income but these are like very small buildings obviously Mm -hmm. um but you're getting closer but because you can't actually have the higher income people paying based on their income real social housing is a higher income paying more so that the lower income can pay less right and that's just not that you can't just raise the rent because now one thing about the small sites that the politicians and the mayor's office of housing probably the mayor would not like you to really know is that the only way because it's a loan like you said it's not a grant right the only way, say, say it costs like six million bucks to buy this five unit building that doesn't kick off anywhere near enough cash flow to pay 
for those loans, right? If a private investor was going to buy that, they might take the same loan out. Then they're going to evict everybody and right. they're going to reset the rent. So this is what's really great right. about the small size program is exactly. that it is protecting people in their homes Correct. who are the most vulnerable it is, with, and it is also like supposed, the most at risk mm -hmm. of, of eviction. Yep, yeah. and it is also as close to immediate gratification as the real estate industry can provide supervisors because you can, right. a building can be, you can get a <laughs> ribbon cutting a month after finding out a building's on sale. Mission housing takes 10 years to build buildings. It's atrocious, you know? Right. And you're stabilizing people. Yeah, who and it's are important to know that it's a yeah, now. it is immediate yeah. gratification for the humans too. Yeah. It's, but one thing that that frustrates me about the small size program is that to make that six million dollar loan pencil out, you are basically deferring higher payments down the road. So you you say, all right, well, I'm gonna give take give me thirty years to pay this back, um, and in like ten years, we're guessing that a couple people are gonna just leave of natural causes. Right. Right. Um, Which is which Probably is true. that's the that's the normal right. over right now even the low income units right when you buy the building it has to remain 80% of median income right but down the road there's nothing so what what the way that the mayor's eventually on, the building becomes higher income yes because and every time anybody leaves planning for that correct and anytime anybody leaves the owner the nonprofit is instructed to assume that when that rent control low rent leaves you raise the rent up to as high market rate as you possibly can. So I'm a person that's low income. I'm paying 600 bucks a month. I've lived there for 20 years. Let's so say you're going to have a nonprofit. Yeah, that just owns that's market just rate housing. Operating like a regular Correct. landlord for these buildings in 30 or 40 years. Or you're going to have a nonprofit with a bunch of assets that don't pay enough money to pay the loans that the nonprofit is beholden to. Which would put right. if all if they don't raise correct. the rents to correct. whatever the market clearing mm -hmm. rate is, then it's unlikely that they'll be able to pay the mayor's office of housing. Correct. Back. Okay. It's horrible. It's well, I mean, I get it's. This is like one of these things where it's like it doesn't have to be horrible. No, if we were just upfront and honest about what it is, then I would be fine with it. But there's another thing that we're also not doing. So the mayor's office of housing has this thing where. When we wrote the legislation, when we, when San Francisco wrote the small sites legislation, 25, 20 years ago or so, San Francisco Mayor's Office of Hyacinth decided that they should never spend more than $250,000 per unit that's built. So if a unit costs $700,000, like I'm the saying, city the city of San Francisco should over. never wait, 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 give. I want to yeah. say this back to you. The yeah. city itself should never fork over more than $250,000 per unit per unit so the rest of that money has to come from someplace right else. like the state or the federal government right because right? it costs 700 grand a unit to build but only 250 we've managed to convince them to edge up to 300 from time to time but it's like one of every three dollars that it takes so the small sites program and I wasn't there at the time this was a little bit before even me as I understand it the mayor's office of housing said we won't spend more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars a unit on the small sites either, right? So okay, that's that was their. Possible. It's not possible. Okay. That was their main right okay. addition, right? And now what they're saying is, is we're not going to spend more per unit than the total amount per unit that it costs to build something. So it's like seven hundred thousand dollars a door to build oh, something so we're new. we're getting more city money yeah, right. is so going into exactly. the small site per unit Correct. Than, the, than for new affordable Correct. Housing. Now, when they wrote the legislation, you know, when they thought of the legislation, 250 unit maybe wasn't that crazy. It's right. been a crazy f***ing 10 years, you right. know? The cost but, of building new right. affordable so housing So the thought was up. that the other, uh, you know, so, okay, 250 unit, 
I think that they actually did think to themselves, we're probably going to have to rehab these buildings also. Well, that's the part that I'm the most terrified about. But there's about, no money for it. Is that, right, is that these buildings, by definition, that the city is acquiring that are older, like it's by definition we're acquiring buildings that are really old and probably had a shitty landlord and long-time neglect yep. and black mold and the roof's about to cave in. And the cost is going to balloon absolutely yep. as as those and that's the nonprofit that has a loan from the city that like we haven't truly like this is where it's like if this was truly public housing then the city would just have to figure it out and fork over more money correct but because it's going to be owned by a private nonprofit what are they gonna do that you know so you know as I this and I'll be I'm gonna be real upfront Mission Housing actually has not participated in the small sites program as it stands. We have 15 buildings that are small sites that we that we got from the state of California because the small sites program in San Francisco is actually based on a now defunct program because it sucked so bad that the state of California created, that HCD created. And the reason that it's not it doesn't exist anymore is because all of us nonprofits about 10 years ago after having bought all these buildings in the 80s, right. went back to the state and we were like, the fucking roof's caving in. Right. The buildings are falling down. You promised us there would be money. Right. And HCD was like, oh, mm, sorry. I know we probably said there'd be money, but there's no... So, you know, we're... So, this... And, and, and so, that's why Mission Housing... But I, I, I do... You know, but, but you have these old... But, I mean, like... But we do own doing. small sites. Well, but the way that you've dealt with it is because you've got other buildings in your portfolio and so you can like the thing that i feel like is the 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 real third rail i mean as much as like we've got this like third rail with like deferred maintenance i there's a there's a third third rail which is you can't like if you have somebody in a unit that's falling down it's really hard to work with them to even if it's just temporarily move them into another oh, unit it's really and move them back in yeah I mean, but it's not just really expensive. Like, there's no subsidy program for all of this. And you can't, like, the thing that works about the nonprofits that have multiple buildings should be that you should be able to, like, move people around within your port larger portfolio. But you can't do that with these buildings. No. Each building has to be, like, on its own. Per if it's a permanent move. We are allowed to move people to a unit temporarily for a month or okay. two. However... We don't have a lot of turnover. There's a 10,000-person right. waiting list. It's not like any of us have like right. this freaking, you know, giant amount of two right. bedrooms like just sitting there. Right. Units. So yeah. typically, we spend about a million dollars per. Well, so this is per you know per 50 yeah. units, but it's a lot of money to relocate somebody. So when you relocate somebody, you have to pay for the rent where you're relocating them to. Most of the time, you got to get a fully furnished unit because you mm -hmm. take the person, the, the tenant's possessions. And you also pay for the movers to put the possessions right. in storage. Then you go in and you do the work. Then while you move the person to a temporary unit, you also legally have to provide all the services that you would have provided at the building itself. So now you got these remote people going to this temporary. We got people at Park Merced. Mission Housing should have an office at Park Merced at this point because we have so much relocation going on for our rehabbing our bigger buildings. And there's no money for that. Years old. I mean, that, Correct. that's just like the... Yeah, and there's just no money normal, for that with the small yeah. sites. And... You know, so the mayor's office, the, the, the thing that really gets... So, like, maybe there will be money. I mean, we always find ways to find more yeah, money. Yeah, Dean says he's got $64 million for it. That's really awesome. I, I, I think that 
what I'm frustrated about is that we wrote this thing. We wrote this, the we, the San Francisco wrote the small size policy. San Francisco wrote an unfunded I know, mandate. I'm shocked. I know. I'm shocked we have an unfunded right. mandate. And, the, and, the, and <laughs> one of the reasons that the, that the, that the, because the, the money was, so the money was there and it really kind of just dried up because the city allowed money to go out to purchase a bunch of buildings. The money would have been there to purchase less buildings, but fix up the buildings that they that we did purchase, right? So I think, but, but, but instead course, we bought 190 buildings. Yeah. So instead of 100 buildings, we bought 190 buildings. And, and, and wait, wait, wait. Is there any? Okay, another solution I can come up with for this problem is that we would get the people who are in those units actually that may have a lot of deferred maintenance applying for and getting into subsidized affordable housing so then you could have the units become vacant actually a little bit faster so that you could i mean the thing that i think would make this whole thing make sense is if you actually then could like i mean it seems like a lot of the small sites buildings like should be torn down and you should be able to build yeah the, i mean unit building in sure. its place but yeah. like that seems not very san francisco of me to be like let's help get these people into better housing and yeah. then build more. Well, you know, there's also like, I mean, I, I, on the other hand, I do, I do understand if you've lived somewhere for 20 years or whatever, and you want to stay in your building and, and, and all that. And, well, and I mean, to knock something know, down and rebuilding is asking somebody to, so when you know, it's not, a lot of disruption. It's yeah. not just that it's, it's three times as expensive to the nonprofit developer to, to move somebody for that long as it is to move them for a couple months. You have to pay. But if you've gotten them qualified into another program, they still are due money to be permanently relocated. To be permanently relocated. And you and I assure okay. you, they will come for their check. Right. Well, that yeah. seems maybe fine. Well, it means you're paying for the unit twice because the amount of money that you pay for permanent relo is freaking expensive. So if somebody got into a mission housing building. If they like qualified for some other program though, they wouldn't just like give up their rights to the other unit. I don't see how you could get them to give up their rights without buying it. Or if they wanted to leave of their own accord, then right. fine. But you're not gonna have people who want to leave of their own accord. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is the other thing, is like We've it been, seems like a lot of these old It is hard to get them to move even to temporarily. Yeah. We, we 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 have residents. So they're service. not so bad that people of their own accord are like, Yes, this apartment no. is no, it's it's, really it's always because no, because like you know the structural it. retrofit, the 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 roof deficiency. It's rarely so bad. If you got a little spot on your wall that's mold, that's probably been around inside the build the walls right. for like a decade, right? Oof. So it's not it's it, most of them it's not visible, right? right. You, you can't tell that the structural integrity of the building is really bad. You, you can feel it, and you can say to yourself, "This building looks ratchety," but like. People are entrenched. You know, we have a beautiful, lovely apartment. I yeah, guarantee. Sam and I live in a rent-controlled apartment. But there's I... also water coming up on the. You can see yeah. in our kitchen there's water, yeah. and like, like maybe I'm a horrible at pessimistic asset manager, and I look for things like that. But I like, I don't think our back stairs are. No, they're not structurally world. right, yeah. right. But like to to rebuild, like if we pulled a permit on this building, if we pulled one permit to do, we, any, if our if, landlord, if, if our landlord, or if we permit, own the building right. and we said we want to put a new roof on, right. they would make us replace the staircase. Yes, you they'd make us replace. I mean, exactly. And, the, and, and so you know, the, the nonprofit is instructed, and, yes. right, to do as minimal work as possible, no matter the, no matter. Is instructed the, by who? By the lender, by the mayor's office of housing. It'll never but then be in writing. The Department of Building Inspection instructing them. So that you they don't need pull. So like you, you can you can pull you can pull. There's there are aesthetic permits, 
and then there are like real structural, uh, you know, main system permits. And Ugh. and I'm okay, saying so here that, we are now talking about the next level of things, which is like the only way that we enforce the building's going to fall down is if you pull a permit exactly. and then DBI cracks down exactly. on you for everything that you haven't. But done. if you buy a building and you don't do anything to it. Which is dangerous. But which okay. is what is happening. Which is which is what is happening. <laughs> right? Okay. I, I and, and, and you know and, and, and here's another problem. Mission housing. So we ha- so we tried to voluntarily we I wanna treat all of our small sites like one asset. That's how we run it internally. And what I mean by that is Mission Housing has uh, we're about to have sixteen total small sites. We are inheriting just for, for to full disclosure, it's not a small site program. We are taking the last five public housing buildings away from the housing authority. They will no longer own any buildings once we're done. They happen to be five small sites that the housing authority built in the 40s. Wow. And they are in the exact shape you would expect Oof. a wood frame building on the Great Highway that's never had any maintenance right. for 50 years to, to say 70 years to be in. But so we're, those are five buildings. We already have 11 small sites, right? So it's going to be a total of 140 units with scattered throughout the 16 buildings. We went to the mayor's office of housing and we said, look, we know they're spread out throughout the city, but we would like to treat these 15 buildings like they're one big building. We'd like to file only one report every year for all 140 units. We want to be able to cross collateralize. We want all the buildings to put their money into a reserve account so that if this one two unit building's roof falls in, all of this reserve money exists and then they'll be helping each other out. That's how Mission does it internally. And we had been doing it like that. Mayor's Office of Housing said absolutely not. And what's their reasoning? Because each building per the law, per the small site, is a separate thing. And yeah, they it's, like, it's literal like... bureaucracy. No, it's literal bureaucracy. It's infuriating. They also don't want our buildings to be in there because the housing, get this, the housing authority buildings... The rehab per unit is like this is what terrifies me about the scattered sites or the small sites program. We're we're buying these five small sites. Right. It's a hundred. It's you know, like a hundred million dollar project. Right. We're getting bonds and tax credits and all these things. It's the only way to pay for this for this because work. You're able to treat because, them like other because we went to investors and we said right. we're buying five buildings. Treat them like seventy five units total. Right. And the investors are perfectly fine with it. Right. And it's just the mayor's office of housing that will not let you right. group the buildings together. And do they they. Don't just straw man them. Steel man their argument. What is their rationale? Their rationale is that the small size program itself guarantees that the buildings will be kept separate from other buildings. That that it's like self-determining for the tenants to be. There is no logical rationale. There's also nowhere in the small size program that says that you can't do this. It's just this. Okay, so this seems fixable. So well, if, yeah. I mean, I would love for it to be fixable. We're now on our third director that knows about it, that has been brought this to their attention, and they seem unable or you know unwilling to fix it. Okay, so so we've got this big picture. Okay, so we've got one way of helping make this easier for the nonprofits because we're going to continue to have nonprofits building and maintaining these small sites is allowing them to pool them and treat them as and and it some of the nonprofits that are taking on multiple small sites like the ones that are doing this program are taking on multiple oh small yeah sites. oh yeah they it's should be not treating like them like everybody no no, no it's only it. like, it's like two a, or three meta chinatown community development center and the san francisco community land trust are the three 
biggest users of the small sites program. And the money that is now being allocated, we, we just are having this, this conversation about dumping another $65 million into, right? Do I have that yep. number right? Okay. 64. $64 million into the small sites program. It's from Prop I funds, from the social housing uh, legislation that Dean Preston got passed last year. Oh, I didn't Which, know it was going to be taken It's from the Prop from... I. Yeah, Dean is saying, I want you to take oh. the first $64 million from Prop I that I got passed for social housing and I want you to put it to the quite literally least okay. social housing thing that we do. Well, to a program that says that if a low-income person moves out of the unit, that the nonprofit should stop that unit from being low-income anymore and well, should raise okay, it up to market. That doesn't make it not social housing. I would say the thing that makes it not social housing, because if we're going to have successful social housing programs, they're going to have a variety of income levels. Okay. So yeah. I'm not, I don't think that's you know, what I'll makes give you it that. not social I just, housing. I hate that rule so much. It infuriates me. Well, yeah, because you know, because well, because what you specialize bullshit. in is nonprofit, lower income housing that is targeted specifically. For yeah, and people. then also, if you raise the rent up, then I want to hear about how high rents are destabilizing a neighborhood. Well, I can hear it. That also okay. is true. I mean, this is the part that I think, because if you have lower income, well, okay, and also if you're taking in high rents at that point. Like, I mean, you as a nonprofit renting out, like, how do you as you a landlord, like, like, like you've never had to... regular tenants before. No. You have people who come in who Yeah, you who think somebody making $150,000 a year right. wants to income certify every right. year? Because that's, you have to do that you in the small income site. Even if you're a market rate tenant uh, in the small sites. So let's say you buy a small site, it's got five buildings, five units. Um, let's say three of them, the tenants are 50% of the area median income. And two of them are like... 90 or 100 percent of the median income so the average is around 80 right. right so are we am i supposed to think that in 20 years when we're saying this unit's going to be vacant there aren't going to be any more 50 percent median income people that need a unit is that what i'm is that what i'm supposed to think that we're going to have solved it by the time we move people out because politicians are getting up on soapboxes and saying that this is going to stabilize the community forever it's going to be affordable forever well, and they're lying it's a lie and I'm fine with that because I actually think you're right. It'd be good to raise the rents because then you could keep low-income people there. You could get a new roof. And I, yeah. I think the program is, is fine. I just hate that it's like wrapped up in this virtue bow so like, you know, West Side supervisors can tell themselves that they're supporting affordable housing because somebody goes out and buys well, a couple buildings in their neighborhood. As a tenant stabilization program, I think it's... It's not as bad as some other tenant stabilization programs. Okay. Sure. Right? I mean, I'm sure I hate those more. It's really expensive, yeah. but it's not the worst tenant if you think of it as a tenant stabilization. And I, I, I do, and I think that would be great. I, I think I would hate it a lot less if we were on, if we called it and treated it like it was. Like a tenant stabilization. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other part that seems really terrifying about it is this kind of like how expensive is it going to be that we haven't budgeted for and how much is it going to Six, all 64 million should go to the buildings that have already been purchased right and like obviously the, that's the not going to supervisors are not going to you don't get a ribbon cutting right. for a structural retrofit i no. assure you <laughs> you know what i'm saying and like i mean the other way i could see this potentially working is if you like throughout this if the small sites had focused on getting people like you could get section eight voucher holders yeah. into the building. Mm -hmm. One of my replace. employees and I were talking the other day and he, we have a situation where we have recently purchased a, a few SROs 
And there What's are, an SRO? An SRO is a single room occupancy hotel. So okay. it's about a hundred square foot room with shared bathrooms and shared kitchens. We think about a dorm room. A dorm. It's a dorm. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, we purchased an SRO. There are okay. So there's 25 units. Okay, these are hundred. These are hundred square foot rooms. Right. We're talking about like 200 bucks a month. Right. There are three people making two hundred thousand oh dollars a year. Gosh. They've been in this SRO <laughs> for 15 years. All right. Oh yeah. There there are OG tech people. Like we're talking like freaking pets.com okay and 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 we but like so what 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 my employee and i were talking about was like you know yes these people should not be in this unit and this is an extreme case okay, but, but if we had why. a market rate unit yeah, yeah, yeah. if we had a small site and we knew and we could move, you could move yeah or or you know so these are extreme cases but if somebody right. was making like 80 grand a year right they would still be living pretty in the SRO, but they wouldn't be able to necessarily go out and get a $3,500 unit on their own alone. Okay, so well, I'm saying like the small about... site program could be a transition for people that are over income right. and low income buildings oh, so that when yeah. you transition them to the small site, middle income building, tenant right, stabilization, right, right, right. you're also opening up the unit, unit at the affordable, the affordable for somebody that but really needs it. But you would struggle to move people around I think because you we, have to treat them separate part of the portfolio. Per, well, no. So, I mean, like that would make it harder, but none of our buildings. So all of our buildings are separate, right? Yeah. Uh, Wait, I have a different question. Okay. Okay. Because the SRO portion makes me think about, uh, what was the O'Farrell Street project? Four, 450 O'Farrell. 450 O'Farrell. What's up, Randy? Randy got... Look, Randy Shaw runs the Tenderloin, all right? I don't know if you got that memo, <laughs> but nothing happens unless oh, Randy, Randy Shaw says it and it was written in Generation <laughs> okay. Price Down. With love. <laughs> but that was, you know, I also hate that they called for... So 450 um, O'Farrell was had 200 dorm-like... Well, okay, wait, we should tell the whole story. Why did Randy get so mad? Is because what they did first was they had a big conversation about how they were all going to be family units. And then they, uh, once the project was actually moving forward, they converted it into a whole bunch of single room occupancy, these like dorm rooms. And then they were going to be like, you know, and then there's a lot of demonization of like, heaven forbid, we have high income tech workers living in dorm rooms in a place that is in demand for high income tech workers. Right. I mean, like, it sort of seemed like, you know, I, I made me think of that uh, uh, TikTok video from the guy who's been doing a bunch of great housing elements work where he was like the yuppie fish tanks video. Right. And that seems accurate and randy got really mad and, and, and also, I, yeah like, i mean and, you know randy also well you know we don't get we're getting off on a tangent no but that's good because we always get off on tangents it's true we talk well about randy it. was also mad because he feels like he got a bunch of people to to approve market rate family housing and then they bait and switched him which they is, being the global financial markets well yes and this is also like our larger problem of like when you negotiate on project by project basis right. People feel like they get to be the little deciders of what of who is going to live in that yeah. housing. I once had and a sitting supervisor tell me that the reason that he didn't support SB fifty was because he wouldn't be able to properly control who does and doesn't get to move to his district. And he said it straight up to my face in city hall with a dead face. And his chief of staff fucking smirked like, "Gotcha, Sam. Gotcha." Uh, but like, that's the main that's the main thing. And the thing about small sites is, you know, it's just the immediate gratification. I, I was actually talking to Randy the other day, and I don't think the small sites is ever going away. I do think we're having momentum for it to finally be re, like 2.0 needs to be 
rewritten. I've talked to a few supervisors, and they have finally uh, agreed. It's just really much more expensive than their budget. And they just need to be honest about it. Yeah. Like, it's cool, you know? And, like, the mayor's office of housing is afraid to go ask for more money because they don't want to put in their report that they're spending so much money per unit on the small sites. And it's like, but we are spending that much money already, so... Like, don't play games with the budget and don't accurately... If we had a better attitude where, okay, we're going to spend a lot of money and we also maybe should be liberalizing other parts uh, of our housing market in order Mm -hmm. to be able to get a lot more so we have less people who are deeply reliant on, but okay. I also think that there should be a better mechanism for the tenants themselves buying the building and being financially responsible. Are you saying that because we live in a rent control building and would love to buy it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I want to I'm going to die in this apartment. I'm fine with that. Frank and I will be laying on the couch with chips dead. But no, I'm saying but like, you know, I think one of the reasons that I'm so terrified about the small sites is the burden we're putting on a few small nonprofits of their balance sheet. Right. Um, and that's just really, and the, you know, the, and the to spread can't it. build equity. I mean, this right. is like, it, so long as we're still going to have this thing where housing in America is going to be so, the way that the middle class builds wealth, which like, we're not going to change that soon enough. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. I want to change well, it tomorrow. When you bring it up equity, you bring up a really good point. A re- the main reason that the mayor's office of housing is against the tenants themselves coming together and, 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 and like some of us have gone to Mo CD and said, let them purchase it. Mission housing right. will run all the buildings. We'll manage it. We'll make sure the we'll rent sure comes in. Yeah. Down. Right. I mean, we'll handle, we even offered to handle the work. Right. Right. Because the majority of people at the city of San Francisco in, especially in the mayor's office of housing, do not believe that you should be allowed to build equity. If you get any public money to purchase the site. And that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. That's no good. You know, and they inherently believe it. And they believe so it. So you're creating, I mean, all of your... So the nonprofits have to take it. And people are like, it's not that we're helping people escape poverty. We nope. are keeping people as a rentier we, class. We just, as a society, this year, started allowing rent payments to go to help your credit. We just, this year, started, okay? Mortgage payments, right? I haven't missed them. I haven't missed a rent payment in how long have I been a renter? Since I was, I got out of college, so... You know, yeah, in twenty years. Yeah, right? no, I mean, I had a little spat where we were we managed to figure out a way to pay our rent on a credit card only because it would help our credit score yeah. go up. And it's like and little so things it's like, like it was that. So stupid, right? That I was like using a stupid credit card to pay my rent because I and I did my rent. My landlord was pissed that they we weren't just writing a check. But I was like, no, I need my credit score to go up in order to be able to. What? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and you know, so like the problem with the small sites, going back to it, and it's why we always end up talking about it, is that it really kind of embodies all that is wrong with the current neoliberal hellscape that is our all that is i mean i think it's It's i think it hits on i think it's a micro i think it's the best microcosm for the and i also get frustrated because you hear me you hear me talk frustrated because of the instant gratification well it's not now getting deep into the policy and like how are we actually and what what risks are we taking on it's but it's it's not just cutting ribbon cutting i i think that's true the another thing that makes me mad yes is that we have gone through the small sites one time but it's only because we bought an sro that was only 25 units and most cd mayor's office of housing didn't know how to underwrite it it, mm-hmm. And so we went through the small sites underwriting. The money didn't come from the small sites program. It was from another. Okay, that's anyway. weird and complicated. But I've gone okay. through. I've gone through, gone through the process. The process. Of, Here's what yeah. really makes me mad. Okay, Jane Kim 
And Soma Pilipinas and Somcan called me, Sam Moss, five years ago right. and said the Gran Oriente Hotel is going to be sold. It's the first purchase that the Filipino community made. It's 100 years old. We want you to buy it. Cool. I think I would like to buy this for you. I like virtue. I like you. You know, I like to do stuff. So we go through immediately. Everyone at the mayor's office of housing immediately starts blaming the nonprofit for how expensive the building is and how expensive it's going to be to pick up. <laughs> so it's like emotional warfare on the nonprofit that's just trying to go through and do this so program. The, I mean, what you've got is you've got the community that wants a right. specific building bought Correct. Right. for some emotional reasons, but also because of the tenants yeah. who are there and at risk. And some people at the city want to be purchased. And I mean, well, I don't think that the mayor's office of housing is correct to be mad at the non They really, really blame us. And they, and yeah. I, so I actually, they should I, be I, having the argument. I mean, they should be they're going afraid and to, trying to convince but, some of the Right, but like we, but they, they, can, they won't do us. that. Yeah. And I recently told the director of the mayor's office of housing, he called me and asked about a small site on Natoma Street. Right. And I said, this is the very first thing I said, I will bring my team and we will look at it as long as you promise that your staff won't blame us for how expensive construction is. I need you to guarantee me that. And you know what? The first meeting, I ended up getting kicked off the phone because they did the opposite of that. And I started screaming at the mayor's office of housing staff about how it's not my fault that they don't want a you know, bureaucrat. Like I was like, anytime you want to stop Monday morning quarterbacking and come help change the policy, you obviously know my number, but like they, they won't. And they are really afraid to go report every quarter because they have to give a report to the board of supervisors every quarter. They're terrified for the number to be what it actually is. And so these, the number's high. Yeah. I mean, this is like the small sites acquisition program is really Yeah, and expensive. we just need to like own it. And we need to be like, yeah. that's what it is. And you know what's crazy to me is, so I started telling the board of supervisors this. Every supervisor I talked to was like, oh, why yeah, would they be afraid of that coming? Oh, like, and I'm like, I'm what like, do you mean you why? You, yeah, seriously. You're like, you never yeah. berate Agreed, staff. right? Like, come on. Yeah. Of course the mayor's yeah. office of housing staff is correct oh, and, yeah. to be afraid exactly. of being publicly humiliated by the supervisors grandstanding at their expense. Aaron Peskin yeah. almost killed the very first Project Home Key because Episcopal Community Services oh needed to spend $600,000 a door bringing a 45-year-old hotel up to ADA code for all physically disabled homeless people to move in. And Aaron put it on a one-month continuance and one of my employees who was kind of helping had to go and get all new bids and everything. And we almost oh lost God. the project. They, they, they very much love to nitpick and act yeah. like, like Aaron would ever be able to do anything remotely close to running Dude, affordable housing. Of course housing. that was going to be really expensive. Yeah. And it's like, it's this like, is what makes me mad. Like, what did y'all think was going to happen? A year old building yeah. that has probably never been rehabbed is going to be It's older like, than the ADA it, law itself. Think I'm about that. It was only $400,000. Yeah. I mean, like. Like the overwhelming, no, 400 from the city. It was oh, 800 okay. a door. But Project Home Key only had, it's still 50% off. Project Home Key had the money. But anyway, like, I think it's another thing to remember. And they the don't like building new. I mean, we're no, now, of course. Like, okay, now pivoting out to like 2550 Irving Street. We're already saying we've we got a protest in support of that project. Right. It's supposed to be 100% affordable housing on the west side. It's like one of the first things like that. And what's happening to that would be brand spanking new affordable housing that could be, you know, less than $800,000 a door. They're losing an entire story. Right. And how many units? Probably like 20 at least. At least. Yeah. I think it's more than that that they're talking about it's losing because they're turning some of them into larger bedrooms in order to make everybody be like, oh, family, family, family. Which they don't have to, by the way. I One of my favorite things about SB 35 and the recent laws is 
and the role that I get to play at Mission Housing, since we're like the unwanted stepchild of the industry anyway, is I can tell supervisors to go pound sand. But like other nonprofits, you, thank FB you, Scott, and yes. thank you. Okay, but, well let's end it there. Okay, we I have to go to we have will... to go to we have to go to a birthday party now. <laughs> I'm going to go drink too much and eat some steak, everybody. Hopefully every not everybody. Hopefully some of our more niche audience enjoyed this more wonky episode where we discussed the small Bob Apple love it. Oh, yes. Well, I but mean. But he, he's, yeah. You know. Right. Okay, so all five of you, <laughs> we thank you for coming on this journey with us. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>